My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I'd like to introduce my guest, Benjamin Hunsinger, founder and owner of Spartan Wheel Chariots based out of Thomasville, Georgia, founded in 2019. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, when did you, I know we're just jumping right into it, but when did you decide to get into the outdoors? Was the outdoors part of something from the childhood on or? Yeah, man. Um, so um, I grew up in a place named Smyrna, Georgia, and Jimmy Carter um, preserved a thousand feet on either side of the Chattahoochee River that flows through Atlanta um, and then flows down the west side of the state of Georgia and then eventually makes its way all the way out into the Gulf. Um, but anyways, the part of the river that's up near Atlanta on a, a thousand feet on either side of the river can't have any kind of construction built on it or anything. And uh, so all of these mountain biking and walking trails were um, near where I grew up. And I'd go out there and push, well not push, ride mountain bikes and run on these trails growing up. Um, real peaceful, quiet place. And so when I got hurt, um, I still lived near those places. And so I was always into the outdoors going out there and um, you can catch smallmouth and trout. And, you know, that's just how I lived. And, um, anyway, so that's what that's what made me appreciate the outdoors a bunch. And um, that's how before my accident, that's how I was. Yeah. Do much deer hunting, turkey hunting beforehand? So um, the reason I came to where I live now, um, I had some cousins down in South Georgia and I would come down to South Georgia to deer hunt with them. And um, I didn't, I didn't know about wildlife management areas and stuff growing up. My dad wasn't big into hunting. Mm -hmm. um, and the only people I knew that hunted were down here in South Georgia, my cousins. And, um, so I came down to South Georgia to do some deer hunting. And I'm still to this day, I've never gotten a turkey, but um, got introduced to bass fishing and um, catfishing and stuff. and just fell in love with it, man. And, Riding dirt right. road and stuff like that, riding four wheelers, and you couldn't do any stuff like that near where I lived in the suburbs. So, mm -hmm. um, growing yeah. up, I really wasn't into the outdoors as much as I am now, um, and especially after the accident, dude. You know, the outdoors have just given me an outlet uh, that I need. Um, to I love it. I love being addicted to it. <laughs> I, I understand that feeling. I understand that feeling all too well. I didn't get into the outdoors till I was an adult too. So I got to get my first taste of it with my father-in-law and well, I don't hunt with him much anymore, but I uh, definitely get, do my fair share alone. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Right. So uh, I'm with Georgia. How many, hunt, uh, don't they have a, like a staggered hunting season for deer? And uh, yeah. It depends on the region. There's five, six different region zones, um, depending on where you're at. Um, and it ranges, you know, like it is staggered. I think North Georgia's different times in South Georgia and 
I think the ruts are even at different times too. It's all different. Yeah. Not positive on that. I'm sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, because I know in Indiana, uh, deer season starts in October. The rut usually starts around November, and then stops around the end of November, obviously, or early December. And I was just wondering if that was about the same or because of the staggered system. You said you're in South Georgia, so. Yeah, I'm right right above Tallahassee, Florida. Like, takes 20 minutes to get to the state. It takes less, yeah, maybe about 15 minutes to get to the state line and then 45 minutes to be in downtown Tallahassee. Dang. Um, so it takes I'm way down here. Yeah, it takes about 45 minutes to get to the second largest city from me. And then it takes about another 10 minutes to get out of the town. So it'll take me about an hour from my area to get to Ohio. Nice. Yeah, right. Thank you, man. Are, are you out in the country? Like, you know. Eh, I live in town-ish around my area, but I'm near the outskirts. I literally have three reservoirs, about 15 minutes. Actually, two of the reservoirs are about 15 minutes away from my house, and then one reservoir is maybe a half hour. What's the name of your town? Huntington. Huntington. That's easy to remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, it's it's the county and town name. Nice. Right? Always fun. So... I'm talking about your accident. How, when, if you wanted to talk about it, what happened and what happened afterwards, the healing process? Um, I was 22. I was going, I was leaving St. George Island. I was living in this place named Apalachicola, which is down in the Gulf. You hear songs about it. It's where all the old, it's where 98% of the oysters used to come from out of Florida. Um, I think, I think that's right. 98%, but. Uh, but since they've had a huge issue, they've shut down the bay for like the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, but that's all another story. But so I was living down there. Um, there's this huge wildlife management area. It's a national forest, actually, uh, Apalachicola National Forest. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome uh, bay fishing um, in this area of Florida. And I was living there. I got off work, was going to a concert out on the beach. Um, and I decided to leave the concert and go out to the woods. And on the way out there, I was going too fast to flip my truck and it broke my back at a T4. Um, and I became a paraplegic on that day, 14 years ago. And, um, basically short story, I woke up in the hospital, you know, started progressing with rehabilitation and, um, I've always valued and stuck with exercise because of how it makes you feel mentally much less Mm -hmm. stressed, all that stuff and being able to get outside. Like, um, so anyways, when I got hurt, um, I moved back to Atlanta because it was close to the spinal cord center. I Mm -hmm. moved near the area where I grew up and we had all those trails I told you about. Mm -hmm. And I, I would take my wheelchair out on these trails and they're all gravel and like nice big old roots. And yeah, um, if you try to go anywhere back there, it's you know with a regular caster on a wheelchair, you just get bogged down. And it's just it. The way I used to look at it is like, man, this is stupid. Like anybody that has a brain that knows 
crap about making stuff better we could see like there's a there's stuff in the skateboard and baby stroller mm-hmm. industry like pneumatic tires that would make the front of this wheelchair float over the top of this stuff that's get I'm getting bogged down in like and so I started doing research and there was nobody out there making anything affordable. I was living off 800 bucks a month. So I basically started taking apart old wheelchairs and putting them back with nuts and bolts. Yeah. Um, fast forward six years later, I taught myself how to weld, bought myself a cheap welder and was making my own wheelchairs on the back of my truck. Hmm. And I went to college for welding. And it was just a crazy God thing, man. They said, you want to go to a competition? You've got a product that's ready to go to market. You meet the, the qualifications for this um, thing for the competition. And you can look it up on YouTube. It's called the Georgia InVenture Prize. They had it on national public state television. And um, it was cool. I won 25000 bucks. I called the wheel manufacturer, the spring manufacturer, um, and bought a new welder and a bunch of supplies. And a girl reached out to me and said, do you want me to build you a website? Um, so six years after my accident, I got into the business. Well, I guess it'd be nine, actually. Um, but at year six is when I really started building my own. Um, and that was after fighting with wheelchair companies to get approval for off-road wheelchairs. That was after I went to like all these manufacturing facilities, colleges, trying to get somebody to help me. And I could never get anywhere with that. Um, but I knew there was a need for it. And yeah. I knew nobody else was trying to help other people with a cheap one or inexpensive one. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, fast forward nine years later, I, I start making them. And as soon as we went live with the website, um, it was about this time three years ago. Um, I was getting out of school for drafting at that college. Changed from welding to drafting. Um, and... Uh, I've been selling them like crazy, man. I, I just make videos of the stuff I do in them and put them out there for people to see. And I don't, I don't try to, I'm not a salesman. All I do is say, look, here's what I do. If you want one of these, it's inexpensive. They're guaranteed for life. I'm just somebody trying to help. And, and I went back to school for teaching after I graduated for drafting and uh, got my bachelor's and I'm a sixth grade science teacher now. And, um, and I build these things on the weekends or during the week at nights. And uh, yeah. it takes me about three hours to make one from the ground up. Hmm. And um, it's pretty, pretty badass, man. Excuse my language. Yeah. It, they're really awesome. They, they go anywhere. I, I go out on the beach with them through all kinds of mud. Um, I mean, there's times I get in places where steep pills, you kind of got to get out and drag it up. But it's just part of it. Um, yeah. And they keep you strong. That's what I love the best thing is that it's a total workout, you know, total mm-hmm. workout. Now, other than, right. $700. Yeah, we're 500. Nice. Yeah. I was doing for got, 500. Gotta love inflation, right? Once COVID hit, that's when I went up because I couldn't get my cheap tires anymore. I had to, buy more expensive ones because they couldn't get the material to make their own wheels. Yeah. Um, so they went up on the price. So I did too. I just never came back down. Yeah. Well, you said uh, limitations uh, were just up on the hills and whatnot. Is there anything else about limitations on it? 
The front tires don't spin. It's not a normal caster. They're fixed. And okay. a lot of people see that and they're like, oh, you got to do wheelies to turn. But I'll put it like this. If you're a beginning wheelchair user, if you've been, if, you, if you're not physically fit, um, if you, if you don't value exercise, if you want it the easy way, this chair might not be for you because it takes okay. some, it takes some strength to maneuver it. It takes wanting to learn how to maneuver it. Um, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. I don't want to come off as somebody that doesn't care about people that want a spinning tire because I, I understand people need them, but, mm-hmm. um, it, it's definitely something that is different. Like you, you just learn how to pop the front tires up or you just learn how to take, take just a little bit of pressure off that front tire and you can turn it easily. I use mine all day, every day. It's my only chair. I use it indoors. I mean, it, and that's, that's another part too, but so the tire's not turning up front. You have to mount the tire out so far from the frame. It's a 10 inch by three inch dolly tire from Harbor Freight. You have to mount that tire out so far that you can't use these things inside if I was going to do that. Like they, mm-hmm. they would come, you know, the arms would stick out so far. Um, and when I got into making my own wheelchair, because I didn't want to ever deal with uh, another wheelchair provider because of how they operated. It takes so long to get back to you. It just bad taste in my mouth. I said, I'll build my own period. Mm-hmm. I had to make something I could use all day, every day. And that was one of the reasons I never got into making them swivel. Um, but when I started my business, a lot of my friends that are quadriplegic, they don't have the hand strength to do wheelies, to turn their chairs at all. So it's a definitely a need and I want to help people by doing it, but I can't go buy a fork, a caster fork off the shelf that's mm-hmm. under five pounds. The ones they sell at Harbor Freight with the spinning 10 by three is extremely heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of run into an issue, even though I wanted to make one with a spinning front tire. I mean, it takes a lot of fabrication and you're talking about, I make these things in three hours from bare metal painted, ready to ship. It would take me at least five, maybe seven hours to do one. I'm not going to do it. Spend that much time on one. And Mm -hmm. I'd be killing myself. You know what I mean? Um, It's doable. I just haven't done it. I haven't made a spinning front tire yet. Um, Yeah. But, the benefits of having your tires fixed when you're off road are so much better because when you're on angles, when you're on terrain to where your front tire would be fighting loose sand, loose gravel, if it's fixed, it's just going to roll up over it. Yeah. You don't lose any forward momentum. Um, I've had an off road wheelchair with spinning front tires. Yeah, it's easier, but at the same time, when you're if you're legit off road with it, yeah, it's almost better to have one that has fixed tires. Um, yeah. So. Any way to would there be any way to basically have a system to lock it into place? Basically, then, like have good. a setup. Little have the setup where okay, it spins when you're in normal conditions, but then having a locking feature where everything just stays straight. It's tough, dude. It's doable. It's totally doable. That it's totally doable. That I always tell people 
Well, when I describe my wheelchair, how I got into this, I always say, you know, we've been to the moon. The Mm -hmm. wheelchair manufacturing business should have been developed so much further than where it's at. You know what I mean? You can go to Walmart. The mountain bikes at Walmart are 200 bucks. They have full suspension, disc brakes, look sick. But when you come to a wheelchair, it's $3,500. It's the same amount of metal. It's the same brands that make the wheels that are in Walmart, basically. They're all mountain bike manufacturers. Wow. Yeah, it's stupid. That's what I... And so, yes, it's doable. Um, <laughs> a lin- a linchpin, some kind of locking pin device would totally do that, being able to swivel and lock it. Yeah, definitely uh, need some ma- manufacturing with that. But hey, if it works, it works, right? True. <laughs> so, you have any plans to either motorize it, or is it just going to be straight up under muscle the enti- the rest the entire time? Um, have you heard of the smart drive? No, it's like top it's basically. Head. It's something that came out a few years ago, and it's basically a, a motorized electric motor wheel that you can hook on the back axle of a manual chair. Yep. And it comes with, I, I think it's wireless. If it's not, it's basically a joystick you put on to your wheelchair. And when you need it, you can engage it, and it'll activate the motor, and it'll help. It'll assist you. Um, so I've looked into, can people add that to my chair? And it's doable. But when you talk about the front tires not spinning, you know, when people are putting power to it, it's another thing to deal with as far as you can't just pop the front tires and turn it um, yeah. like you could the way it's designed to. Um, but right now, being a school teacher, um, I barely have enough time to do these things and fish and hunt. So it's, yeah. I don't know how much more innovation I'll do until the day that I actually need it. Um, you know, yeah. So it's just you, the only one that's producing them, or do you have anybody else there with you? No, it's just me, man. No, I do it all. I take a ten foot stick of conduit, bend it, cut it, weld it. I've got um, um, Angel for a mother. She does the upholstery for me. I I send her huge quantity rolls of outdoor fabric that I buy on eBay. And I'll tell her what size I need it. And she lives in Tallahassee. And usually we'll wait when you got two or three orders at a time or one if we need to. But she can make the upholstery that I need to slide over the backrest tubes. And she does. Um, so she's somebody that helps. Um, but I, in about two and a half hours, I'll have it from two 10-foot sticks and then some to uh, a wheelchair on my outdoor wagon. I'm sitting there hand spray painting and then I put it on a pallet and I'll drive it to where my trucking company, I ship them ground freight where they pick it up, um, do the shipping label and do everything on PayPal or cash app and all that. And, um, I've done that 350 times in three years. Nice. So you're doing it's a pretty been, good job with it. It's been crazy, dude. I haven't yep. had a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, but hunting season. Oh man, I I decided I'd help with the swim swim team on the high school this year. 
Um, they needed a coach, and I swam when I was young. And like every Saturday, I was sitting at the pool. Like during deer season, it was just like never again. <laughs> not. So at the end of the season this year, I told her, I said, my wife said, I can't do this no more. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not coming back next season. Yeah. Right. But well, a lot, dude. And school full time, too. It's been. Yeah. So how is teaching the younger kids? Do they react to the chair much or they ask questions about it? Oh, bro, totally. They're, they're still just now getting in their comfort zone at the end of the school year with like, Mr. Hunsinger, can you feel that? Can you feel that? Like poking my leg with a pencil or, you know, they're in shock at, at the beginning of most of the class. You know, um, I actually, I teach an engineering class too um, for reading. Um, I show them the website and what I do and they're all just like, oh my God, you know, that's so cool. And, yeah. Um, most of them don't know about wheelchairs to begin with. So they don't really know anything different when they see mine with like mud tires, springs, some of them, you know, what's actually cool is the kids that are mechanically inclined. You can step from the get go. They look at your wheelchair and say, whoa, is that diamond plate you got on it? Is that like, did you make that? You know, yeah. other kids, they don't even they don't register that there's anything different. Um, so, yeah, we have we have a lot of conversations. Some of my kids joke, you know, Mr. Hunsinger, how do you go to the bathroom? How do you get into bed? How do you drive your truck? Uh, you know, all those funny young questions. Yeah. So I've seen a couple of, uh, I know a couple of people that are quadriplegics and paraplegics. And I've seen them, you know, they disass disassemble their chair as they're getting in their vehicle. Is that what your chair is capable of doing too with your truck? I'm glad you brought that up. That's another downside to my chair. It's all one piece. Um, okay. But I will say this, those those were all the parts that used to break on my manual chairs um, that I have okay. from other company. All the little parts that are adjustable and make your chair collapse. My chair is one solid welded piece. Um, I have developed the rear axles um, to have a pull pin where you can pull a pin and take the wheels off. Mm -hmm. I put cotter pins on the front tires so they can come off too. But it is definitely not a wheelchair you want to pull in between you and the steering wheel. It is not light enough for that to do every day. I mean, you could, but, um, it, you know, it's bulky compared to a normal manual wheelchair, big time. So it's definitely made for the back of a truck, van. I've seen them put in a, a trunk of a car before, though, when it was yeah. all the wheels off of it, rear wheels. Yeah. So with you, you're more or less just getting in and then just some putting it in the back of the back seat or in the trunk of your car, uh, not trunk, the uh, bed of the truck then. Yeah. If you, if you don't have a crane, you know, if, if you need, I have a crane on my truck and uh, that's, that's how I get in and out. Hmm. Uh, but other people, yeah. Or you can put them on a mountain bike rack. I, I seen a girl do that one time. She, a regular bike rack you can get from Walmart, 40 bucks. You can hang it by the front axle and it'll hang there and you just clip it in just like you would a mountain bike. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. definitely uh, innovative on its own right there. I mean, being able to put that there with regular stuff that you get from Walmart or places like that. Yeah. If you want it bad enough, you can make it work. Right. So you're saying they're about 700, you said, and 
you've put together th- over 303 years, basically. So do yeah. you plan on expanding that number anymore, like a hu- over a hundred a year, or do you just think that's the reasonable amount that you can get out a year? Well, I'll tell you, man. On- when I was in school full time um, and me and my wife were dating, we had a lot more time to make videos. And since I started school and then got into coaching, mm-hmm. it has been nonstop. Um, just keeping my head above water. Um, so sales have gone down a lot. I mean, you know, it could be the economy too, but yeah, I, I'll always be here. I'll never quit doing it. Um, I've made a lot of wheelchairs for little kids, like mm-hmm. little, little. Um, and there's nothing else like that for them. Um, I'm not going in the hole making them. So whether or not they, the business expands or doesn't, it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not in it to grow it. Um, I, I would like to see somebody take it over, though, one day and somebody that has a manufacturing capacity to pump them out. Like they see what I see as far as if you had these things at Walmart or Bass Pro or outdoor hunting and fishing stores, like a hundred bucks, somebody's got an off-road wheelchair, you know, that they can make it collapsible. Um, they could manufacture the parts to make it all collapse together. Like, dude, I would give somebody the company if they could do that. You know, I'm, I don't make Have you ever tried? Right. Have you ever tried uh, contacting some of these, uh, outdoor companies to actually help with the production of them? Um, no. Like outdoor wheelchair companies or outdoor? Well, outdoor companies in general, like trying to get them uh, like sponsorship or doing uh, business deals with them. You know what, man? I reached out. All right. So I'm going to say Four years into my journey in, as a paraplegic, I, I, I was crazy about this making a wheelchair, making a wheelchair. And I've done a lot of research um, and had that initial thought. So I reached out to Bass Pro. Uh, it was some, something Bass Pro marketing team. like, And I got an email back and said, do you have the product? You know, can we see it? And I didn't at the time. I've never reached back out to them. 10 years later when I'm actually selling these things. So um, I have, but it's been way too early in the game and it is damn sure worth my time to do it again. Yeah. Well, be able to talk to Bass Pro and say, Hey, here's something you guys can sell. Boom. Yeah. That'll definitely uh, put it up there on the market a little bit more. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. So, uh, how well do they do during your hunting seasons? Uh, or have you tried them in colder climates as well? I personally have not, but I have sold a mess of them to people up north. They all say they love them. Uh, there's a guy that lives up in Wisconsin. I can't remember his name. Cool dude. Chatted a few times about how good it does in the snow up there for him. Hmm. Um, Seen pictures of kids using that in the snow. One girl out west had it in the snow. I think some more will come to my mind. I always ask people to send me a picture or a video whenever they get it and use it. You know, I can use that for marketing. Yeah. Um, but 
So me personally, I have one that I keep in the shop that is just my hunting and fishing chair. It's got a lot wider axle on it, um, gun rack, fishing holder, um, things that when you have them on your chair all day, every day, getting away, like when you're doing transfers, the gun racks get what they grab the back of your legs. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so wide, I can't use it inside my door frames the way I've got it. It's like a Ford Raptor. I mean, I got these tires out on it. Um, mm-hmm. Makes it very stable, though. But um, it holds up great, dude. Only thing I've ever, I've never really had a problem with thorns. I run green slime in it. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything different. Now, if you go to sit in a pop up blind, you sit up high in these chairs. Um, yeah. You kind of got to either take a chair with you to get out of or finagle that blind where you can shoot out of it easier than, you know, you're kind of yeah. like up at the top of the window. Yeah. I know some of those pop-up blinds, they're pretty low level. So you got to hunch over even when you're sitting in one of the uh, chairs, modern chairs they bring for regular people. And it's like, mm-hmm. What, they didn't adjust the height anymore? They're just lowering it every time? <laughs> you ever seen the ones where the pop-up blinds where they actually zip up the back and you just walk or roll right in and then zip it behind you and you got 360-degree view? Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Uh, I, I bought one that had a wheelchair door on it, and it's I've got two. I've got an Ameristep that's a one-man, and then the double one I've got is fucking massive but it's so it's easier to pop them up and then just pick the whole thing up roll up in it and then drop it behind you versus try to do the zipper and all that um for me i don't i don't blame you on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep you go waterfowl hunting with that with your chair i know i take it I, I have not had the chance to go man since i moved to south georgia that's something that um, I had a buddy of mine in Tallahassee call me last season. He wanted to go. Um, he had a spot and everything up here, but I haven't went yet. Um, but my buddy Andrew Hunter, he does that, and he's got a chariot. He lives in Tallahassee. But he he more than less just uses his to get to and from the boat. Um, yeah. I don't think he hunts out of it. No snow geese down there, huh? No, we got some Canadian geese that are year-round residents, but hmm. can't hunt them, unfortunately. No kidding. That crap everywhere, dude. I didn't know it was illegal to hunt Canadian geese or snow geese in some areas. Well, it's uh, like a, a park in a residential area. Ah, so you got to actually go to public or private land to hunt them. I don't know if there is a Canadian goose season. We're in a major flyway right here, though. Um, to yeah. the to the west of me, where I was telling you that hunt hunt places is Lake Seminole, and that is one of the. It's the second flyway. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, that's a major spot in the U.S. Um, a lot of people um, shoot birds over there. Yeah, well, probably is. I mean, I know there's. Uh a lot of waterfowl seasons, they break them up due to sections similar to hunting seasons, except, you know, you got a couple of weeks here, break a couple of weeks here again, break, but that's in Northern Indiana or Indiana. And they got three sections for that. 
the northern, the middle, and the southern. You know where I'm at, man. I'm in quail hunting, the heart of quail hunting country right here. This is Southwest Georgia's quail city. <laughs> you got a lot of where I like. the professional athletes all come to these like legit the plantations that are in this town are old old money um, yeah. it's a big big deal down here quail hunting is do you do much quail hunting no you got freaking money dude i ain't got or, quail on pro- pop, uh, public land they're like a few days out of the year you might have one or two quail hunting days. Um, the the closest public hunting place is a big lottery place. It's not a big WMA, but um, it, it's only like a couple of days out of the season, and mm. I should really take take up on it next year. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. I love uh, that extra stuff where. You, you haven't seen it before. It's just like, do you think they'll probably try and get more land allocated for it? That would be nice. This, the one right next to the house, River Creek WMA, um, it was donated to the state by an old dairy farmer. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a really neat piece of property, but you basically have a kiosk at the front of it. And you can't drive through it like regular WMAs. So it's all private, but it's public as far as the trails. But Mm -hmm. the hunting is all lottery throughout the whole season. There is a couple of small game days where you can go in there and shoot. I don't know, crows, rabbits, stuff like that. No fox squirrels, no regular squirrels. Hmm. Um, And then like three or four days sporadically, they'll have like a quail day. And I always see that. I don't know why I've never written it down, but it'd be fun to go out there and quail hunt one day. Yeah. I was scared to take it there yesterday. Nice. I haven't uh, quail hunted yet in my state, so it's on the list of things to do along with pheasant. But I... No, I've done some pheasant hunting down here. No kidding. Yeah, they're not an, they're not a native species, but people bring them down here. They'll they'll go to a breeder, get them, and they have these things called tower shoots. And the, there'll be a big deer stand in the middle of the field. And you're all like a hundred yards out in a circle from it in groups, mm. and they'll throw the pheasant up in the air. And whichever way he goes is which way he goes. And if you're at that station, they'll throw like twenty birds, blow the whistle, everybody rotate. Throw another 20, blow the whistle. And, you know, it's a paid thing people do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just shooting when they go their way. But it's too hot down here. It doesn't die. Um, but I have shot my pheasant uh, because of that. Yeah. So it's a put and take uh, style hunting then versus, you know, wild hunting for pheasants. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, how have you seen through your promotional videos, which of people taking larger game when they're hunting with your chairs? Uh, say that again. Oh, sorry. Have you seen uh, people with your chairs? You know, they post some videos and pictures for you about them taking anything larger in the states they live in, like elk or mule um, or anything like that. 
No, not yet. I, I know I've, I've had some bodies talk about shooting stuff, but most of them have been people going fishing, going yeah. on just walks and nature walks out in the woods or taking friends or family to the beach. Um, they don't get they don't get sunk into the sand when they go into the beach, huh? Not not as much as a regular chair. I mean, this has got very the real wide tires on the front, so it's easy to go through soft stuff. I do it mm-hmm. independently. So if you got somebody pushing you, you're all, you're definitely all good. Um, it doesn't yeah. seem bad at all. Um, yeah, I've seen a couple of your videos of well, one of the videos where you're literally going through rivers and streams and a lot of mud and you're just trucking on through and it doesn't even stop you or slow you down. So it's a good workout. (laughs) I imagine it's a good workout. I mean, you're literally just hauling and getting good breath and you can keep moving, especially with the one where you had the rod in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Before I put the rod holder on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Bet you that rod holder makes a whole lot more difference now. So is it strapped Dude, on the backside or in the front? I've got it on the back. I've got a basket on the back of my chair now. Um, when I first started teaching, like having to carry documents around all the time, I was like falling, them falling in the floor. So I, I welded a bike basket on the back side of the chair now. I'm used to have one on the first prototype chair I made, but I've got my rod holder on that. Um, yeah. You know, most of the people I see out west taking big game, they're either on they're most of them are on electric powered stuff or on a side by side. Yeah. Um, probably because the amount of terrain they're covering or yeah. the hills, you know. Yeah, I know they've got yeah, I know they've got terrain hoppers, they've got outrider coyotes, and they've got yeah. the track chairs. You ever got to play with any of those? Yeah, um, not the outrider or the, the coyote, but the track chair. Um, they demoed it in Atlanta one time when I was there. And I took that joker straight up a pine straw and bankman. I mean, it's the real deal. Um, yeah, I know. They're like, all expensive, though. Yeah. They're about this, about uh, the cost of my car uh, loan. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm all about fitness too, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's days where one of those would be awesome, mm-hmm. you know. But like, if I want to drink a few beers and go out into the woods by myself, that beer buzz ain't gonna last with the amount of effort it takes to push this chair. But yeah. When you're just sitting there, like on a four wheeler, or on a track chair, on a coyote, that's a whole other ballgame. Just relaxing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's what it is, man. I like staying strong. So, yeah, I know. I've seen a couple of videos of the the uh, outrider coyote, and those guys are taking it and fly fishing in it. They're going up steep terrain, going over logs. Yeah. So they're definitely good for what they need to do. Yeah, no doubt, man. How much is one of those outriders? Uh, two wheel drive or four wheel drive, and depends on how many batteries you want to. Uh, but sense. yeah, right. They're more or less in the grand area, so they they're yeah. costing about from my my research. You're looking at 
uh, four wheel drive, which I think they recommend more often than not. And with, with a two battery configuration is about 16 to 18,000. Yeah. And you've seen that. What is that? Uh, not a wheelchair. No, it's like a off-road ATV where it's uh two hand six. No, no, no. Where, oh, the, the name the, of what I'm, the, the name of it is called not a wheelchair. You ever heard of that? Oh, not Bro, yet. This guy, he's his wife is a paraplegic, and he he's got a huge YouTube channel. It's called uh Jerry Rig Everything. All nice. Right? That guy developed a side-by-side electric mountain bike. He, he took two mountain bikes and made them one and he made it for his wife. And there was such an outpouring of people saying, Hey, I need that too. He started a business. Um, I'm there just like the outrider. I mean, they ain't cheap. Um, yeah, but not a wheelchair is the name of it. And, uh, I just saw it. Cool. Yeah. They those things do look like cool. Too. Yeah. So, um, where do you so where do you see yourself and your company within the next five years? How do you, do you see yourself uh, progressing more and reaching out to to sell them more on the mainstream market? Yeah, dude. Um, this summer, my game plan is to make a whole lot more videos and do a lot more uh, marketing, like. Like I was telling you, whenever I first started, I was ending college and I got back in for my bachelor's, started a job or full-time school, met my wife, got married, got a house. Like I've been doing so much and building a wheelchair. Now I've got a norm to my daily life back mm-hmm. to where I can plug this summer um, free time into um, marketing. I see so many people with millions of followers on YouTube or anything and they're like going out taking a picture of themselves and i'm like dude i could i build the wheelchairs by hand like i should have a show building these wheelchairs and then the people that get them talking Mm -hmm. about it and or like me going out like doing stuff having that there's a whole lot more marketing that i could be doing and i feel like there's a lot of untapped resources for marketing that um within five years i'll be um up on but man all i really want to do is go shark fishing and deer hunting like that my business is what it is this isn't this isn't how i make yeah. it I, I just do this to help people yeah I I, in five years yeah yeah in five years i yeah uh, i haven't went shark fishing yet so <laughs> but i hope the god you do get more and do more with your business man i mean it those chairs are sturdy as heck and they can take a beating yeah man that's all they're there to get you out there inexpensive and they do their job and they're guaranteed for life it, it if i could sell them if i could give them away i would you know hopefully somebody will see it in five years and give me a break <laughs> yeah well i hope they leave sooner than that right you know what i mean yeah <laughs> Well, uh, do you want to tell everybody how to reach you? Um, best place on the website, man. There's contact us, SpartanWheelchariots.com. Um, like you said, I'm Ben Huntsinger. 
Um, I've got a Facebook page, Spartan Chariots has got a Facebook page. I'm on Instagram, Spartan Wheel Chariots. Um, and I'm, I'm always down to, to help people. And that's what I want to do. So that's how they can get in touch with me. Well, I hope that uh, you get more business and that becomes your full-time job. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Well, full-time job where you get to tell other people how to build the things. Dude, that's that would be so sick. Have other people that are disabled building them. Other people that are disabled doing the marketing and doing the math, the books. Like, what? <laughs> However, we'd be making wheelchairs in the U.S. Just a huge off-road wheelchair company, you know? Sounds like a plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. It's been a fun thing. And remember, everyone, stay adaptive. God bless, brother. Appreciate it.